Hello and welcome to The Huddle, brought to you by Wilson, au.wilson.com uh, for all your sporting needs. And uh, we've got Joe Ingalls back. Um, been a little while, want to get the great man back on. And oh my God, how good are his Utah Jazz right now? So we start off talking about um, how great they've been. They've won 20 of their last 21 games. And um, we, we kind of dive deep into that team and, and what's, um, what's been the secret of their success recently. Uh, then we start talking about Josh Giddy. He's in constant communication with the with the young next star in Adelaide, and um, you know the changes that are happening in the 36ers, Brandon Paul, and and the like, and, and how Giddy's coming along. Um, we get into a little back and forth about um, the unsportsmanlike foul in the NBL, and whether you know whether what he thinks of it, what I think of it. Um, that was an interesting chat. Um, we talk about Ryan Brokoff, huge story coming to Southeast Melbourne, a teammate of Joe's for the boomers and uh, how he feels like he's going to go for that Phoenix team. Um, and we talk about the NBL cup tips off tomorrow. Um, we kind of, uh, we discussed it in, in the context of the NBA bubble, um, his experiences there, what that's going to be like for all the teams in the NBL and how incredible the value is for, for basketball fans in Victoria, 10 bucks for a double header, go to ticket tech to get your tickets or nbl.com.au forward slash NBL cup. And we finish off with a, a bit of love to Tyler Harvey. Uh, Joe Ingalls, like everybody else, is in love with Tyler Harvey and his float game. So lots to um, sink your teeth into. Sit back, relax. Up next, Joe Ingalls. All right, Joe. Thanks for... Uh, Thanks for coming back. It's been about, I don't know, a month, a month and a half or so. We got you back on. How you going, man? 2.0. Um, I'm good. Uh, we've probably played 15 games in the time that has <laughs> been, probably more than that um, compared to the NBL guys. But um, yeah, just in LA at the moment. So we played the Clippers last night and play them again tomorrow. So mm. nice day off today. And um, we're not allowed to do much on the road anymore. So um, mm. A lot of time in the room, and of those fifteen or so games you've played since we last spoke, and you've you've won fourteen of them. Yeah. You've won you've won twenty of your last twenty-one, nine in a row, a, another streak, best record in the league, absolutely rolling. As you mentioned last night, um, a good win over the Clips got them again tomorrow. Um, I want to ask, like, where does this rank for you right now in terms of like the most? The, the most beautiful, the most connected, the most fun kind of basketball you've ever been a part of? Yeah, it's, um, there's not much to compare it to. I think the only thing that comes close and it's the only thing that I've ever would ever be a step above is, is playing for Australia and playing with, with Paddy and Bogues and, and the guys that obviously I'm, I'm, I've kind of grown up with, really. Um, Playing with them, playing for your country, obviously there's not much. I don't know if I'd ever be able to say that something beat that. Mm -hmm. um, but this is like it's it's like right there and there. Like we've we've got such a good group of guys. Um, I was just saying the other day to the media, it's like there's a lot of teams and players. Like there's, there's always issues in every team, no matter there's issues in workplace, in the office, in no matter where you work, there's always something going on and. Um, we have the same thing. Like, our, we're not perfect. Um, we argue about stuff. I argue with Rudy about pick and roll and we, we do all kinds of things. But we've got such a good group of guys that understand the, the bigger goal and are unselfish, which I think is probably one of the, the most important things you can get, especially in the NBA, um, mm -hmm. to, to play together and to play. And obviously that starts at the top with, with Quinn and, and what he's bought and uh, kind of set up as the culture here. But... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just a really, I guess the style we're playing too is a little different where we're shooting as many threes as we can, which is fun for me <laughs> because we, there, there hasn't been one bad uh, offensive clip on the film this year if we, if we get a three up. So, um, yeah, just the, the style we're playing. I think early on in the year, I think we were four and four or three and three or something like that. And we were still trying to play that way. But, I mean, I've been, Rudy and I are the, the only two that have been here for, for Quinn's seven years and it's evolved every year. Like we started out playing the way we played and it's built up and built up and obviously with the personnel change and who we've got now, it's a, it's a perfect fit. But 
even at the start of the year, I, I think it took guys time to adjust to like, not that we or, or coach was against us shooting early in the clock or anything, but pulling up in transition for a three on a, like a three on two or something like that. That was, it wasn't a no, no, but it wasn't a, <laughs> a big thumbs up. So it was, um, I mean, we've had three, like, I think it was last night. We, get, like, we had a four on one and Boyan put up for a three. And it's like, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just the way we're playing. And, and I think guys have bought into that and they're committed to it. And it's hard because we, we run a lot. Like it, it takes the pace of the game is up and down and we, we're committed to that and we're, we're a deep team. So, mm. um, yeah, it's, it's right up there with, with the funnest um, time I've had playing, but especially like the last kind of six, whatever, six or eight weeks has been, been pretty special. Would it, be, would it be the 2016 Rio Olympics? Like that, what you, the way you guys played. I mean, obviously the emotion of wearing the green and gold and playing with those guys and repping the country is a different thing, but yeah. the, the, the symmetry on the floor, the way the ball moves, the way guys are moving kind of five guys as one on the floor, would it be that, that tournament that would be the, the closest comparison? Probably, yeah. Um, and I think it's... Like I said, like it's it's hard to do and it's hard to play that way. And you have to like I think everyone knows with the national team, like we're we're trying to get Patty the ball. At the end of the day, like we might move it around and all that, but we're really looking for Patty. <laughs> like let's, let's not let's not get it twisted. He he's averaged like I think I mean he's led every tournament in scoring for the right. last more or less top two or three for um and it's similar here. Like we, we know we're trying to find Donovan and Rudy, like they're our, our guys and the rest of us kind of fit in around it, but um yeah just that like the the hardest thing i think in any team sport like if you're playing tennis or golf like individual sport like it's on you like if you play well great if you suck then you suck like there's there's no in between where for me to be happy that mike conley is playing well and me or maybe for that game it's detrimental to me for for that one particular game or that one stint that i'm out there for eight minutes with him and He's cooking and it's like, oh, I've got to take a back seat and I've got to defend and I've got to try and get him the ball. And mm -hmm. I think having that and being able to like genuinely be happy for your teammates is mm -hmm. really hard to do. Um, and I think I, I might have said it to you last time too. It's like, like there I can count so many times over my like seven years here, but more recently with like Donovan and Mike and like, like hey, Joe, you bring the ball up. Like they're blue to me and picking, well, there's no point in me trying to force it or. Mike's like, hey, you run this, run this, because I, I can get downhill and kick it to Rudy for a dunk, or like, and it's, it's that type of stuff that that makes it fun. Like, there's our best player is telling me, like this old Australian dude, to bring the ball up and make a play because they're blitzing him or whatever. So, right. yeah, lot, lots of fun, and like it's like I said, off court we have a lot of fun, on court it's fun. We've got a great staff. Um, yeah, it's a. It, it, yeah, not much to complain about right now. You mentioned the word, um, the phrase perfect fit a, a couple of minutes ago. And I feel like when I watch the team right now, it's sort of, it feels like it reflects you in many ways. Like, do you know what I mean? The way, the way everybody is playing together. And like I said before, the ball movement, the play movement, the selflessness, the high IQ, um, and also getting it done at both ends of the floor, top four in offensive rating in, in offense and defense. Yeah. Do, you, do you feel like, you know, we often talk about um, a system and a fit, like a gut, like you put you in a different team with different team, teammates and a different coach, a different system, right? It's not going to work. It's all bad. Yeah, because <laughs> you're not going to be anywhere near the guy you are right now. Like, do you feel like this is like a, a perfect kind of symmetry with who you are as a person and a player? Uh, yeah, no doubt in my mind. I, I've... I've said it before. I, I think in this day and age, it's obviously probably a little different now than when I first came in the league, but there's only probably a handful of teams I could play for that. I, I could play for any team, right. but to be successful and help the team and play to my strengths. I'm not saying I could go to like team X and I wouldn't be effective, but mm -hmm. um, you hear stories of all guys all across the world, not just in the NBA and other mm -hmm. leagues and, like you said, the style doesn't fit. The, the coaching, the, the way the coach coaches doesn't fit. Um, the, the guys that are recruited, like there's three guys in one position that are all supposed to like be the be the guy. And um, yeah, I think uh, I think nowadays it's yeah. I mean, there's there is only a handful of teams I could play for. I think the way we the way we play, the way we move the ball, um, like you said, like the IQ of our time, like it's 
it probably looks easy at times out there. Like the way we play is, is hard to play. Like we get probably every second time out, Quinn's yelling at us to like, keep running, keep running. Like we know even in the first half last night, like we, I think we were down five at half time, and we knew like, we came to the locker room and we're like, we need to start running. Like, cause that's, that's how we get going. And that, we, we, I think it took like one play of Donovan, like getting a rebound and pushing it and getting to add one in the first position. And then we're like, all right, now we've got like, now try to keep up with us. And, and it's hard to do. And we know, like I can throw my hand up and get a sub and I know I'll be out and I'll come back in at some point. And, and that's just the way, the way we play. But um, yeah, I mean, for, for me personally, and I think, I think me as a, as a person, as a player, I think I've helped like the, like the question, like I get Donovan questions from Donovan all the time. Like, Hey, what, what do you, why did you do that? Or Rudy, like, Hey, when you do this, like cut back and you'll have this. And like for have a, to have a team that's that basketball IQ is like super sky high. It makes it even easier to play. Cause you really just, we're really just playing off how they want to play us. And we've seen so many different defenses this year um, already, like kind of whatever, 30 games into the year, we've seen teams switching. They've, blitz Donovan and switch with me and they've done something else with that. They don't leave the shooters and they make like the two man game. And then they've left the shooters and like dare us to shoot like there's And every game we've, we've been able to adjust um, and figure out what works. And sometimes it takes a quarter or a half or it might take three quarters, but once we figure it out, we're, we're, we're pretty effective. And um, like I said, the, the best thing is when you've got guys from top to bottom that are, telling each other to shoot like well, we were telling Royce the other day like you need to shoot more threes like you shot fake and he's a great playmaker now he's turned into kind of turned himself into that like 40 odd percent three-point shoot but he can also drive the paint and, and throw it to Rudy or, or make a play to the corner but like dude you shoot 44 percent like you can you take three a game or like take six a game we want to we just coach wants a shooting like 50 55 threes a game that's a lot of that's a lot of threes mm-hmm. um so yeah, no, it's it's fun, but I think a, a big part of basketball and and probably especially the NBA is like that fit with your with the team and a coach and system and um, I think sort of like Bogues is a great example going from Milwaukee to that Golden State team and what mm-hmm. he did with his defense and his screen like mm. he's talked about it on his podcast. Quick shout out for Rogue Bogues, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> how like he knew that if he set six good screens for Steph and Clay he was going to slip out of the next one and get it done. Like, yeah. it's just, and that was a perfect fit for them. Like, so the, I think finding that is, it, it can be hard to do, but it, but it, it can obviously help your career tremendously. Um, you mentioned Bogues there. Obviously the boomers list came out recently for the squad, for the, <laughs> the upgrade, had it. And obviously, you know, one of the big elements of that was that his name wasn't sure. on there of course that's super exciting <laughs> list you know and it's about moving forward and everything he's going to be sorely missed in a big way but what um what were your feelings and and thoughts when you saw the list come out and um started thinking about that upcoming tournament um i, I he, he can i texted him right away when i saw it and was like hey is there still a chance like what's the <laughs> like i know you're feeling you're feeling good like i'm sure you've been he's not the type of guy to just kind of retire and not do anything that's just not right he's always gonna be in shape and, and look after his body so i was like hey is there is there still a chance and um because he, he's been that key right oh it's i like i don't want to sound like the 12th spot on a roster or something isn't important or he's not in like even just having him on your team is, right. is something that like um so i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna keep pushing that for as long as I can until he tells me to shut the hell up and leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, even, I mean, even as, I don't know, somehow we need to involve him, I think. And um, we're in LA getting run over by cops right now. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he, he's he's obviously been a huge part of Australian basketball, but, but the boom is for so long. And we've all loved playing with him. The guys that have, have grown up and it was obviously, it, it was weird. I, I honestly, to see his name, not there. Cause it's mm. been, he was before me, but every time, ever since I've been involved, his name's been in the list. Like it's been in there together with me and, and Patty and Baines and, mm. and Delhi and those guys. And um, so I'm going to keep, I mean, I'll text him every now and then and just <laughs> keep an eye out. But um, yeah, obviously a really exciting list regardless. Um, 
not taking anything away from from other guys that, that are in there, but to, to see the young guys that we've we've covered on here a little bit and yeah, obvious older guys that are that are that have been around, um, a really cool mix. And um, I guess the next step is just figuring out when and if what what's going to kind of happen with it. We obviously yeah. hope and I assume we're we're still going to go ahead, but the world is a crazy place at the moment so we'll, we'll figure all that out but um yeah excited to obviously once this is all over here to, to 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 see what happens and see what we can we can put together um speaking of the young guys josh have you have you been able to see some of him recently the team's obviously what are they five and four right now um I yeah. think he's averaging like nine six and six but in their last game three or four from range just shooting it with Great confidence. Yeah, um, it, it's cool to see. We actually had a conversation about shooting a couple of, oh, maybe a week ago. Um, and I, I think the biggest thing, which plays all over the world, not just in the NBA, but wherever you're playing, you kind of, like you've got to, you've got to practice the shots you're going to shoot in the game. Like I didn't become a 40-something, whatever percent career, three-point shooter in the NBA by shooting floaters. Like I, I spent hours and hours and hours like shooting corner three. I remember my first two or three years in the league, coach told me to play defense and to run to the corner. And I was like, all right, like <laughs> Gordon was our guy. Then like, I'm going to, oh, like, I want to take the channel. Like, give me the best guy on the court and I'll do what I can. Right. And then I'm going to run to the corner and shoot three. That's what like my only two. And obviously for him this early on, it's very different. Like I, same as, myself in the MDL, like I had the ball more and, mm. and all that, but just, just figuring out those, those shots. are like, if, if he's going to, team's going to go under on him, like go in and shoot a hundred pull up threes off, like get a coach to stand there and pretend it's whoever's going under and, and shoot behind mm. and get someone like swing, swing. If, if you, you can catch and shoot threes, whatever they are, but figure out which I, I do here. Now I've got a routine that I go through most days. Um, of the shots I shoot, it's the pre-game warm-up I do every game. It's got a mix of our of shots out of our offense and shots off pick and roll and shots off wide pin downs and stuff that I get. So, just for him, it's like go to Connor Henry or wh- whoever you work with, assistant coach or, or a couple of players, and say like, "Hey, let's get, hey Dan Dillon, you're going to be in the corner here. Like, you swing it to me, I'll swing it back, shoot it, whatever it is, and mm. um, just getting those reps up so that when it happens, he's confident enough to to let it fly and um, a part of that is, I think, speaking of Connor, like where, which threes do you want me taking? Which ones do you want me to try and get downhill? Um, he should, I would hope he's confident enough to have that conversation and, and that Connor would be accepting of, of that conversation. And um, I'm sure they both would be. I'm sure they, they talk all the time. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's great. I think he'll keep getting better and better. I think he'll, I mean, he's going to have some bad games. He's 18 years old. Um he's going to have an import that, that goes at him or, or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Sloan leaving for whichever kind of reasons they were, I think it's going to benefit him regardless. Um, I think even if Sloan was there, it doesn't change. Like Sloan was obviously coming off the bench and I don't know if that played a part in him not wanting to be there, but uh, I think for Adelaide and for Josh and for the best of their team, it was give him the keys and, and let him run the team. He's not going to, I don't think he's going to go out and have 40 in a game, but he's mm. going to have 10, 8 and 8, which is 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 really good. So um, Kendall will help space in the floor a little bit more. Brandon Paul is obviously a, a, a veteran and a, and a really good player that's played kind of all over the place and stints in the NBA and stuff. So um, yeah, I like their roster probably more now than before, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think they've got a real chance at, at, at kind of shaking it up. The sounds of LA out your window is it's crazy, right? It's very different to Salt Lake City. It is. It's <laughs> Salt Lake. The day we actually left Salt Lake a couple of days ago, my, I mean, my kids are pretty tall, but it was like nearly like hip high in snow. We had a massive right. downpour, and I was thinking of bringing like this big puffy jacket. And then I looked at my weather app, and it was like. 70 Fahrenheit and sunny in LA. It's like we went for a walk this morning to get coffee and it was like shorts and t-shirt. And we're um we stay just kind of like Beverly Hills. So there's a fair bit going on around here, which mm-hmm. is normally really cool, but obviously right now it's uh 
yeah, there's not much going on. How do, you, how do you manage your coffees on the road? Not easy over there. No, nah, so we've, I mean, I've obviously been kind of lucky to be here for this long now that... Um, you know your spots. Yeah, each city you kind of know where you can either walk to or there's a lot that you can order online now that they do really well at bringing hot still. Mm-hmm. Um, but most places, like most of the, the hotels we stay at are usually in a pretty cool, like we're in Beverly Hills now, like we could walk to Wilshire Boulevard, which is all the, well, not, not now, but normally. Mm. Um, there's restaurants, there's two coffee shops, there's a blue bottle, which is, Australia, I think it's an Australian. Um, and there's another one here. Like, so um, that's not too bad. And then our head of media actually brings coffees on the bus for on the way to the game. So he oh. goes and does a, a massive, our team coffee order is quite large prior okay. to a game. So he does the pregame one so that we can all relax. And he's got um, kind of like two water carriers where you have like six drink bottles in and he brings two of them. So he's got 12 coffee spots and he's usually pretty full. So Good man, good man. Yeah. Our coach is addicted, so it's when your coach is addicted, everyone else is going to get uh, get what they need. <laughs> it trickles down from the top. Yeah, course. it's like if he if you don't get the if you don't get coach one, he's going to be mad. So you better just get the rest of us a coffee. <laughs> um, that that conversation between Josh and and Connor that you alluded to, I, I'm surely that's happening not just once and, and recently, but reg because regularly because that for yeah. me, I mean, it's almost the most important conversation that can happen amongst that team on a regular basis because. You know, you've got a bunch of veterans and guys who know who they are and whatnot, but Josh is just finding that out. And as you say, he yeah. has been handed the keys and those those decisions that he's, those reads that he's making for, for that team, for, for everyone to be able to succeed and the team to win games, but also for his development, which is an important part of what that team's doing this year. Yeah. And the way he came out, I mean, partly, I'm sure it's partly the conversation that, that you said that you had, but what they've been talking about as well, when he was, I mean, he looked like he was in a different state of mind when he, the way he was shooting the ball last time, last time out. And I'm sure it's a result of a, a, um, having the right mindset, but also the confidence it must be of saying, you know what, I've I put in the work this week. Like, yeah, I'm, I know I'm ready to go tonight. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, I, I've. I'm a little bit different, but I've never been afraid to speak to a coach or talk to a coach or like, ah, oh, like, hey, why, why aren't I playing? Or why, what do I need to do to play? Or right. um, what can keep me on the floor? And and I've had, I mean, in my seven years here, the amount of conversations I've had with Quinn is like, I speak to him more than I speak to Renee and the kids. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> um, and about everything. Like he'll he'll ask about my family and the kids and that, yeah. but then he'll like in a split second just flip a switch and talk about. A pick and roll that I messed up three weeks ago and he knows the exact play and it's just to, to have those open conversations and last year like him sitting me down like hey you're gonna come off the bench this year and I was like oh, I don't care like it's fine like it was <laughs> but uh, it wasn't like I'm not getting demoted it's just a different role I'm getting older my and I think same I'm sure like you said I'm sure it's it's happened and I'm sure it will continue to happen and Connor's been a professional and a coach for for a long time and and having like hey josh i don't want you taking that shot like we can we can get you that shot anytime like try and get this or we're going to run this play this is like your time to be a grow we've got plays like when we when there's a few calls that as soon as they get called us like i'm shooting the ball like i already know i'm going to shoot it like mm-hmm. and i'm sure it's the same there and and for, for chris in in uh in melbourne and for jock and whoever else so um I'm sure he's putting in the work and, and I think you kind of said it like is it as important as this year is and, and winning for, for Adelaide, I'm sure he wants to win before anything um, and him playing minutes and all that, like he needs to keep developing regardless of their results. If they, yeah. we've had, like if they lose a game, he should not be going in the next day because he's tired or like he needs to go in and shoot again mm. or mm. go in and go get another lift in or because he might be tired for the next game. Maybe he shoots not as like, and I get Adelaide are trying to win. I'm not trying to say that Adelaide should tank because Josh should be preparing for himself or his career, but he, him himself just needs to know regardless of what happens, like I played bad, I'll get better, but I need to get in and, and keep working. And it's the same again, like with, with Jock and all these guys, like Jock needs to know that 
if he doesn't play well or he does play – like, if he plays really well and hits 10-3, like, cool, all right, now go shoot again because you still want to mm. – I know Jock wants to play in the NBA, so you've got to do everything you can possibly do and, and use it. And I was talking to Nick Popovich the other day who's a strength and conditioning uh, guy for Melbourne United and was with, with me for a long time and with the Boomers. And mm-hmm. um, I still – I lived with him in Melbourne when I go back um, since he's moved back after Gorge and that. Um, finished in China and he's like yeah Jock comes in smashes it every day like he he knows what he needs to do body wise like he needs to get stronger or quicker or whatever he ha- has identified and I think that's the same with I mean not with like I, I do the same now I'm 33 I'm trying to get better and better I want to keep playing and um, yeah I'm sure it's the same there but, but Josh Josh will stay on the I think just staying on that right track of you might go two for 10 one game. You might go eight for 10, but just stay on that course of like just continuously every day getting a little bit better. It might be a recovery day. Like you might just be, I'm exhausted and I'm not going to go in today. I'm going to watch the film or watch the game from last night and go see my family. Like I've had, I have a lot of those days too. Like I won't go in at all and I would spend the day with Ryan and the kids and it's like the most mind freeing thing for me. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough one because you, you want to win, you want to help your team. But um, for a few of those guys in the, in the NBL too, the long goal is is obviously something they need to, to keep an eye on. Mm. And I think that the um, the next stars thing is probably the trickiest of, of um, balance for any coach or team in this league of this year yeah. and previous years in terms of trying to um, deal with those competing interests because – and I, I think Connor and, and um, Josh and that team actually so far have done the best job we've seen of balancing that out, right? Like we had the breakers last year with RJ Hampton and it, when he was the starting point, like it was, it was like competing in heads and it wasn't working in symmetry. And Lamello, obviously, it completely flipped in one direction that's, that suited him and the team won five games. But this team who most of us didn't think would win a lot of games this year, have already won five games. They've got a winning record. And at the same time, he's kind of getting lots of minutes and developing and, and getting a showcase. And I feel like there's going to be some times, like there's going to be some moments where like he's one rebound or one assist off a triple double and the game's over and there's five minutes. Like, and that Connor's going to need to make, you know, in those moments, he's going to need to leave him out there because yeah. You know, there's development, but also in a, in the lead up to the draft, there's the hype element yeah. of of it all and getting noticed sure. and creating headlines. And they're going to be elements that they haven't faced yet that they're going to come into contact with. And I think it's, like you said, like it's a tough situation to be in as a as like a coach of RJ Hampton or as a, a coach of Lamelo or or of Josh or whoever it is because you already know behind the scenes that agents were, were, were talking to the team like RJ needs to play like, mm. or Lamelo needs to play like if you put the ball in his hands and I mean Lamelo didn't I don't think he was starting until Aaron Brooks did his Achilles or was definitely wasn't having the ball in his hands as much mm-hmm. um, I think they not took the option of like we're not trying to win but it was like hey this kid is special we're going to give him the ball and he, he played unbelievable he he, he showed obviously what he can do and he's, he's doing the same thing here now. Mm. Um, and maybe they lost a couple of games because they didn't, I don't know, play whatever, but they, they did the thing that was, I, I think was right. Like they, I don't think they were winning the championship last year no. regardless. And they've got a kid who's got more talent or potential than, than tons who like to, I don't know, whatever picky went two or three, mm. um, and they made the decision where New Zealand was the other way around. It was like, we're going to bring him off the bench and that's his role. And I think RJ from the outside looking in didn't seem like he complained. Like he, he did what he could at the mm-hmm. times he was on the court to be the best player he could be. And mm-hmm. same with Josh, like Josh started in the preseason, didn't start a couple, like mm. you've just got to, you got to figure it out. And, it, and it's, it's tough from all, you know Lamelo and RJ and Josh, all these guys. They want to be playing. They want to be out there as much as they can. The coach is trying to win, which you, like it's their livelihood and their career, and they've they've got a family too, and they've got all that. And then there's a element from the organisation of like agents on the phone. What's the goals of the team? Like you you see it all over. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of elements to to throw into play. But I mean, it's like you, yeah. I mean, Didi. Uh, from 
the Sydney kit, like the Kings, like started some games, didn't start some, has, has obviously been injured a little bit in and out, which which hasn't helped, comes back for a second year, like maybe without some of their guys, was expecting a bigger role. Is, is obviously, I think he's still injured now, was injured for a little while there. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough. And I think you guys have said on your show, like it's a really good league. Like it's not, like there's not, you can't just come in and, expect to, to dominate because you it's lower than the NBA or like mm-hmm. it, it's a really good league and you, you're playing against men and you're playing against guys that are experienced. And I mean, I, I think the last game I watched was um, the Southeast Melbourne and Perth. And it's like Mitch Norton is picking Sykes up full court the whole game. It's mm-hmm. like Sykes probably just wanted to walk the ball up and run the play. And it's mm-hmm. like this little Mitch Norton kid is like, he probably like, Quite honestly, he didn't know who Mitch Norton was, but everyone in Australia does, and they're like, "This is what this is what Mitch Norton does." Like, yeah, um, and this is what I is- love about it. Every every game because it's just you know it's not eighty two games, seventy six games or anything, and it's and there's so few teams. It's so competitive for a playoff spot every year. Every game in the NBL is like a playoff game. That's yeah. how the coaches approach it. It's how the play. Um, I said the other day on the show, we, we've actually seen some teams in the last little while rock up at ninety nine percent. They got wiped off the floor because, yeah. like, as you know, you, if you turn up to a playoff game at, at that level, it's it's over the moment you step on the floor. That's kind of what I find fun about it is that every game here in this league is played at that intensity. And, and yeah, I mean, it's a it's a credit to the league and the, the teams and owners for for getting the player. Like, I I still think like the imports that were playing when I was playing was at, at a pretty high level. And I think it had a little drop off for a little while, but the mm-hmm. imports that are coming in now, it's like, like you had Aaron Brooks last year, who's played X amount of, and like there's so many guys who can go down a, a list of players, um, which is why like Jock's comments, like I'm going to give him stick about it all year about going 36 and oh, whatever, like, <laughs> and maybe they will, but like, it's not, and, and I, he's not saying that disrespectfully saying everyone else sucks, but no. He wants to win and he deserves yeah, – sorry, he thinks he, he his team can do that. And if they're in the right frame of mind, they could do it. There's no doubt about it. But there is, there is some really good some, some really good teams from top to bottom. And I think the, the league has shown that. Like, you can be last on the lap. Like, New Zealand or whoever's last at the moment could easily still come in and play well. Mm. And the Webster brothers get hot and they can smack a team – smack any team, really. Mm. Um, so, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's – it's a super competitive league. Um, there's a few other. The, the refereeing annoys me a little bit still. Um, <laughs> Talk to me. I don't. I just don't understand. Like the unsportsmanlike thing is mind blowing to me. What how they, how they have determined what an unsportsman like. The everyone rule. knows. Yeah, it's you just don't like the rule. Not how. How easy they call it. Like, okay, there's situations you're, you're like, you're down, whatever, you're down three and you're trying to get a steal. Mm-hmm. You, you, you pre- like, they've got it in the half court, they're trying to inbound it, whatever the score is. You're trying to get a steal, but you're really trying to foul. Like, you mm-hmm. want to get the ball back, maybe you, whatever the score and time is. And like in the NBA, I can go to the referee before and say, hey, we're going to try and get a steal, but if not, I'm going to touch yeah. it. Like, I'm going to grab him and it's a foul. Yeah. I like I, I just think I I think it's the right way to play the game. Like you don't want to you don't want to have to intentionally go and get try and like if you know you're fouling, try and steal the ball and take someone out and, yeah. and hurt. Like I actually the, think they've made they've made it a bit of an adjustment in that regard. I think Scott's kind of told him because and it, it's funny it, it happened as a result of not one that was an un, caught as an unsportsmanlike, but it was the one that wasn't whistled that Lamar Patterson was called for a travel on in Adelaide. And it yeah. it decided the game, to be honest. And I think his direction down to the refs, and we've seen it in recent weeks, has, you know what? You need to have some game awareness. In that situation, I just want you to call the foul. And it's yeah. not an unsportsmanlike. And and just they just need to get the touch on, and it's a foul, and let's get on with it. Because I think I, I think it happens, it happens in the NBA a lot. Like, you turn the ball over, and you know they're about to dunk it, and you... As you as you're grabbing them, you're putting your hand up like I'm fouling. Like, but they're the best plays that they've gotten rid of in this league right now. That I love. I love that that doesn't exist. You guys need that. 
that you can't do that because as a, as a fan, as someone watching the game, you want you got you as a player and as a high IQ player, you want you just want to be able to stop that play and get it because sure. that's a high IQ play to make under those rules. But as a fan, you want that play to flow down the floor. But to, to for it to result in an unsport like for them to be able to get free, like I, I think Boga did a couple of times last year, like where he's done it for his whole career and playing yes. in the NBA. It's yes. like, yeah, like and you just grab it, it's like mm-hmm. an automatic reaction. It's like unsport. It's like it's not unsport, it's not like <laughs> It's but, just, it's not, it, it's, I, I get the fact of like, if I'm a 15 year old little boy at the game, I want to see that thrown over the top and Josh yes. throw it to whoever and they 360 win, like windmill. But yes. there, there is, there's certain situations in a game that we, we, we can come out of a timeout and I can go to every three NBA referee and say, Hey, we're going to blitz the first one. We're not trying to foul. Like we're not, and they, because they're, they're trained as well to know that right. those they they the game awareness, like you said, the game awareness and understanding the time and the clock of the game. Like we're trying to foul, like it's a or, or we're not trying to foul, whichever the situation mm-hmm. is. Obviously, if there's a foul, they're going to call the foul. Like if you mm-hmm. go to do it and you blitz too hard and trip over and hit him, like it's a foul. Yeah, there's, yeah. like you're an idiot. Don't <laughs> like don't do it. But there's I, I just felt there's so many situations in a game. It's almost, it's like FIBA does it a little bit too. Like, you've got to be careful in the FIBA. NBA is probably the most lenient at it of like, hey, I'm in a foul, and you can go like touch them on the chest like that. And they call a foul because it's, right. it's kind of how the league is. But um, yeah, I, I just think there's certain situations in games that, that it, like, it's benefit, like, it's a, it's a, a smart thing to do for teams sometimes. Like, it can yeah. really help your team if you know how to use it and, and do it the right way. But, for like, from just like, even some of them that like quote unquote hard foul. It's like they call it sport. Like these guys are right. They're big boys. They're playing as men. Like nobody's trying to hurt anyone. No one's trying to fight anyone. It's like over the NBA. Like someone meet me in the locker room. Like no one's meeting anyone in the locker room. No one's mm-hmm. fighting. Like just call a foul. We know it's a foul. He was trying to foul him on the fast break because he didn't want to dunk on him. Like that's why he's like right, but, but those ones not... in the backcourt that like straight after a turnover, like you fumble it, a guy picks it up, it's gonna it's gonna be a three on one and and sort of you wrap him up a little bit. It's painful when someone to watch when someone new to the league, like Bo's coming from the NBA or an import, yeah. don't know that rule and they do it and it's not, and it's like oh that's a tough crime when he didn't really know. But the guys that have been in the league for a number of years now with that rule in place have adjusted their mindset. They know they can't do that. And as a result, I think we get a whole bunch more plays where there's no whistle, where there yeah. would have been a foul previously. Which it, it can also, if you, I mean, it can also be beneficial to that. Like you're getting the team in the bonus. Maybe you're shooting free throws earlier. True, like true, true. There's more, like not necessarily more possessions, but you stop the clock. So there's like an extra kind of 10, 15 seconds that wasn't on there. And it, like, I'm not, I'm not saying they're, and I, I actually, it, it, there was more, there was way more of them last year than this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it has become like a discussion of, because you want the flow. I, I understand you want the game to flow. You want it to go up and down. You like, if someone does get on a fast break, like, I'm not going to block them. So I'm going to, I'm in a UFL. Mate. This is what, <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. But mm. um, I know if I came back to the NBL tomorrow and started playing, I'd, I'd be, fouled out because I'd be Eurofell and everyone. I'd be I'd have two unsportsmen's like in the first quarter. Like it's just the, um but then I think the other the other thing as well, which is happened to Bogues like I saw it happen like happens to Liz Cambridge in the WNBL a little bit of like and there's certain guys like I can't remember which game it was watching this year of like guys that are just or, or females that are, are, are bigger and stronger and like you can't punish Liz because she's taller, bigger, stronger and can back whoever she's playing against down the, the WNBL or even the WNBA really. Yeah. Um, Bogues would have a bunch of them. Like there's, mm-hmm. I'm, I have no doubt Cam Besto will get some this year because he's just a bigger, stronger guy. Like mm-hmm. same with Liz. Like Liz would back someone down and the girl would fall over and they would call a foul. It's like you can't, that's another like, well, let the game play then. If you want to let the game play, like let's let the game play. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the WNBL Grand Final and I think Liz had like 3,000 the first quarter because of like some, maybe I can't remember all of them, but like I'm sure one was a foul or whatever, but like, it's just like, come on. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying you you 
help Bogut because it's Bogut or you don't call fouls because it's Cam So like whoever then the name is. Yeah. But you've got to understand, like, it's the same thing of having the awareness of like, this dude is literally just bigger and stronger. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bail out like whoever it is defending them just because they're bigger and stronger. Um, it's yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Let's, uh, you were talking about uh, Brandon Paul before. Two new guys coming in. Brandon Paul to Adelaide, Ryan Brockoff to Southeast Melbourne. Of course, you know, Rowdy haven't played with him a lot and against him. What about Brandon Paul? Did you play? Do you remember playing against him for the Spurs? Yeah, he was. I'm not sure. I think he did play a couple of times that we played him. Um, not not a ton. Um, but, but yeah, I obviously remember being on the roster. I remember seeing kind of highlights and and stuff like that, I think he'll, I think he'll really help them. I think not only like the experience of like playing in the NBA and all that, like that's all all great. But he, he's just an older guy. He's a veteran. He's been around. It's kind of like Crocker. Like Crocker's, like I don't think anyone's like being extremely wowed by him. But he's solid. Like he's mm. consistent. He, mm-hmm. I feel like he's a guy that like knows what works for him. He he knows what he wants to get to. And he's going to have his like twelve and six. Like, it's just what he's going to do. And mm. um, I think uh, I think bringing in bringing in Brandon Paul is a good. One. I think Kendall too. Like having him. I don't know if he stays when. Nah, he he he's just in as a short until yeah until okay. Paul gets well even there. to have that shooting for temporarily while um, in, until Brandon gets there. But yeah, no, he'll be he'll be really good for him. I mean, he can, he can post up. He can, he can obviously shoot. He can play multiple positions. They could really play him kind of two, three, four. Um, so I think, yeah, he'll be, he'll be great for them. Obviously Rowdy's, I mean, everyone knows Rowdy. I think the first thing he talked about in the interview with you guys was his shot still feels good. So mm-hmm. that's what, uh, what we all know he can do. I think for that team too, um, I don't know which one of you knuckleheads was hyping up Southeast Melbourne that heavily, but me. Um, I, I mean, I, I think they're they're good. I, I just think he brings, <laughs> he takes them to that a whole nother level because it's mm. like you were saying on the like takes a bit of pressure off of Glidden, takes a yep. bit of pressure off. It, it takes a bit of pressure off all of them really because mm-hmm. nobody's leaving him unless you want to get a throw. Like he's going to shoot fifty percent from three, give or take. So. Um, he can play two, three, four. You could play Mitch at the five and him at the four. Like you can, mm. you could do so many things with that team now. Um, probably hurts a couple of their guys. It looked like Tarangi probably plays a little bit less. Glidden in different, like like you said, like Glidden knows it now. Like if I'm open, I shoot it. If not, I'm moving the ball, which mm. is really a perfect role for him. Like he, mm. he knows same thing. Kind of knows what what he's good at and, and whatnot. So um, yeah, I think it'll be. And obviously, at the end of the day, it's just great for the league to have another NBA player that already have a couple of years skin over here mm-hmm. um, to be back there. And obviously, selfishly for me, I'm happy he's playing before the Olympics. I think that's mm. the one of the biggest things. He's with the same agency as me. And um, I was talking to one of the guys and it was just like, he, he, obviously, he just needs to play. He, he hasn't played. Um, even with the NBA, like he got, got some minutes here and there, but just consistently, he, he'll get to play however many games he'll get after quarantine and all that, but to play 20, 30 games or whatever it is and some playoff games and some kind of obviously like meaningful games and that it'll, it'll be really good. And then he, he'll obviously roll into to boomers camp after mm. that. Um, Rowdy splashed on a, my radar in a big way in that, um, that 2014 world cup campaign, right? It was, yeah. So Patty didn't play. I think and, you splashed onto everyone's map. <laughs> yeah. Um, and was that your first time of kind of getting to know him and play with him extended? Because I feel like him coming into this team, it sounds strange, but he's the it, it's gonna be kind of similar to him coming into that team. Um, he's yeah. gonna play a bigger role, but he's got like I feel like he's um he's not gonna change who and what Southeast Melbourne are, no. but he's just gonna value add like he did yeah. to that that team that year for you guys yeah no he was um it, it was funny because that was the year ben didn't make it obviously yeah um and i mean more or less it's probably like out of those two really like who, who's gonna make it and everyone like looks at this skinny broke off kid like how, how did he make it over ben and the the thing that sticks out in my mind which 
probably not, I don't know how many people know or if it's been talked about, but the the last day of our camp, we had a scrimmage or like a, a half a scrimmage or whatever the, the timing of it was. And I don't know if someone spoke to him or not, or if he was just like, hey, I need to make a push for this team. But we played this game or whatever we end up playing minutes wise, but he, he shot everything he touched and made everything he touched. And it was like, holy hell, like this kid could really help us. Um, and he just did. with, and, and, he, and it's funny, like you can debate whether, like obviously Ben would have helped too. There's no, there's no saying who, who exactly is the right or wrong, but you can't, re- I don't think you could at that time say that Rowdy was the wrong decision. Um, purely because uh, he ended up play- he played really well the whole tournament. I think yeah. he ended up starting a couple games. Like mm-hmm. he was he was massive for our team. He made big shots. He made a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. Um, you can flip a coin and say, well, if Ben was there or player X Y Z was there, like what would have been different? What if what if what if we had Paddy too? Mm-hmm. Like, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think you can like anyone can say it was the wrong decision at the time. No, I think um, Dre at the time, like you, you, it's a, it's just, it's a shitty job. Like it's a, I mean, it's a great job, but it's a hard job to like, you're picking 12 guys out of the best 20, 30 guys in the country. Mm. You've got NBA guys, you've got European, like we've had um, guys in Europe, guys that have made the team miss out before. Like it's, you see their faces after they get told and it's like, it's heartbreaking for everyone. Like everyone wants to see everybody in the team, but the coach has to make those decisions and you've got to put together the best team um, that you think that the coach thinks or, or the, the lead, like the, the leader, the whatever you call them, the staff think that the mm-hmm. whole staff think that is going to do you, give you your best chance to win a medal. And that's what it's all been about for us since the last few campaigns. And it'll be that, Going forward, obviously, Rowdy will <laughs> happily kind of be in the team now, and 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 so will Ben. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. But that that last practice or scrimmage or whatever, I'll, I'll never forget how well All he right. played in that last one. And if that was the reason that helped him kind of edge the line of like who was going to make it, then good on him because he left it all out there. Yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be so fun to watch him. And he needs to play, right? He needs to play now. He got to a point where he was, you know, he needs to no- play. 35 minutes again. Yeah, of course, of course. But that's part of the yeah, big reason why he pulled the trigger on this deal was like, I, you know what? I, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for that. I thought they were going to bring in the third two-way. It hasn't yeah. seemed to happen. And let's let's go. Um, and at the end of the day, like he's going to, like you said, like he's going to really help that team. He, he's, a, he's a smart guy, mm. IQ-wise. He can rebound with the best of them. He's defensively, he's good. Like he, mm. he's not gonna, he's gonna hold his own. And he's like, that's not a weakness of his. Mm. He can shoot the hell out of the ball, which, like, if I'm Mitch and Kiefer and all, I'm like, hell yeah. Like now, when Kiefer drives, they're not helping off Tarangi or like whoever they're like, they're staying with Rowdy, right? And he's gonna have a layup. Or on Mitch's drives, like Mitch isn't gonna have three guys crowding him or on a post up, like post Mitch up and see who who wants to help off Glidden, Rowdy, and Kiefer in the corners. Yeah, like, yeah. I oh, know. So, and, and the cool thing about it for me is like they don't need to change anything that all. they do system-wise. Rotations, sure, in terms of Tarangi and Glidden and whatnot, but they just he just slots in on one of those wings and plays, and they just continue to play off Kiefer and run exactly. And as nice as the guy as he is, saying he's not, he doesn't want to come in and he just wants to win or that. Like he needs to play. Like yes, there's no doubt that Rowdy's a probably too nice a guy that will be like, yeah, I'm happy to just fit in. And like, he needs to play and he needs to get the ball. Sure. Um, not saying, like you said, they're not changing anything for him because he's also such a high IQ guy that he doesn't need, like he'll figure it out. Like he's going to figure out where he can get shots, how he can do this and that. And I just, when he signed, I was like, imagine the lineup of like Kyle, Kiefer, mm. Mitch, him, and yeah, like, and even Mitch yeah. at the five sometimes, or yeah, one ben of their Moore, bigs, ben, yeah. ben Moore protecting the ring while the other three guys are shooting, and Mitch is getting downhill every possession. Like, yeah. it's oh, dangerous. It is. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun to see how they go. Um, we've got the NBL Cup starting tomorrow. Yes. Um, a little bit of like uh, kind of a la the bubble you guys had in, <laughs> in Orlando, right? Everyone in Melbourne. Um, 18 double headers. I don't know if you saw on the socials today. 
10 bucks a ticket for a double header. Um, I, would, uh, I would be purchasing uh, a few of them. <laughs> I know, That's incredible value. Yeah. And for, you know, in Mel- like for so many families who are basketball families in Victoria, yeah. right? So to Especially take- in Melbourne, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, to, I mean, you'd be wanting to take you. And I've spoken a lot about when I was a kid and my dad would take, take me to see Derek Ruck and just say, you know what, we're watching Derek Rucker. Or take me to see Ricky Grace, you know, and don't worry about the scoreboard. Just watch him the whole guy. Like, yeah. I reckon families need to be doing that. I did that with uh, with Brett Mark. We used to sit in the right. the, ver- the very back row or the second to last row, and um, I would I would happily look at the score and observe it all. But it was like I would would rent, like we weren't going every week. We didn't have the money to go every week or every game or have season tickets. But whenever my family could could uh, could get me a ticket, they would. Or if I could win a ticket through the Southern Tigers or whatever I was junior club I was playing at. To, yeah to try and get one, I would, I would go. So it would be, I mean, you would honestly, you'd be silly not to, uh, to try and attend some games, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a, hell of a little tournament it's going to be. And I think we'll, we'll see Melbourne probably go down in one of these, hopefully for my uh, side bet with Jock. But <laughs> Yeah. Well, that, they've got, uh, they've got Chris be, out. Great. Games are going to be coming thick and fast. Um, yeah. What, what was from your experience in the bubble? What um, what what do you think was like if you got to do the bubble all over again? What would oh, be the thing? Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> what if you? What would be the thing that you you knew at the end or you learned at the end that you're like, oh, I wish I knew that from the get go in terms of how to approach this. We've had we've like we we had a conversation a few weeks ago about like oh what would you take anything different or would you not take anything or. Like I took my whole coffee machine. I walked on with a full, <laughs> like proper in cafe coffee machine onto uh-huh. the plane. Um, I mean, I, I think like it was it was harder than what people it probably looked from the outside. Like right. it looked. I mean, you get a professional athlete that's played basketball, or NBA for X amount of years. Like you get between the lines, and you're gonna have fun, and you're gonna play hard, and you're gonna try and win, and all that. But I mean, it was a drag off the court. It was. Right. Like I said, I mean, we've got a great team. We've got unbelievable guys. Whatever. It, it was all. It was almost like a fever tournament where all the teams are in a hotel, all the meal rooms. You had separate meal rooms, but they were like next to each other, all kind of lined up, and you'd bump into Pop and this elevator, and then you'd get another mm-hmm. elevator, and like Quinn would be in, and you'd get out, and the GM of this team would be there, and it was just like this. And I think for for a lot of guys, I mean, we all have our outlets of family or going out to a nightclub or going to dinner or seeing mm. you, your cousins or like whatever the situation is. And I think just not having that for so long was like the first couple of days, it's exciting and you're doing, it and then it's like, oh, I'm going back to the same like four by four room, not saying that the, like it's a nice hotel, the food, right. like it, it was as good as it could be. The NBA did as, as good as they could, but um for me, it was just like by the like I just wanted to see the kids. I was mm. like, mm. I need to get. I, I was, it's fine. Like I was happy to stay as long as we needed to stay to to try and win as many games as we could. But the day after, like we'd lost. Obviously, I'm not changing the result at that point. It was like I'm ready to to get to to my children and to Renee, and mm. Um, mm. So that was the the toughest part for me. I, I think. A lot of guys, different different guys, came out with different things. There was some mental health stuff, just about the the like you literally like if you weren't and with the testing and the like, Florida at that time of the year is muggy and hot and sticky and like you, it's not like you were just sitting outside all day in some nice weather. Like it was not the most pleasant to be outside. So it was like you're sitting in your room a lot. You're like staring at these four walls. Again, it's like it's a nice hotel. I get that, but um, yeah, it, it was a drag. So, I mean, obviously if we have to do it at some point or whatever this year, it, it'll get done and people will do it because we, at the end of the day, it's, it's our job and we, we love playing it. But mm. um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think the only thing I would try and, I don't know if I'd try and do it differently, but just trying to figure out some kind of like hobbies or some things to, to think. I was, I follow half the diamonds team on the, on social media because of Renee, half of them are teammates or ex teammates and they're in a two week quarantine now. And some of the girls stuff like they're 
doing like crochet and well, like all these different things. And I think like some you of it, like it's, it's you'd have it's, done some crochet. I wouldn't have done some crochet, <laughs> but um, just finding like finding things to take your mind off, like yeah. just sitting in the room or like sitting there watching Sports Center all day or mm. playing video games all day or whatever it is. So I think there's probably a bit more freedom in Melbourne that the guys can actually probably get out and do a couple of things. But we were literally stuck in a resort, which mm. again, um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I'm not saying we're in like prison or anything, but um, yeah, just to, to find, I don't know, find a find some things to do or some things to take, or if you can have your family there or you can get out and bring, like I would, if I could have brought Renee and the kids, I would have been set. I would have been out of practice and over at the pool with the kids. And that, that would have been a whole different scenario. So mm. um Hopefully, at the end of the day, it's, it's good basketball for us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it will be. Like in the bubble, the, the quality of the play was, you know, we saw some guys break out. And I think that, that that's probably the flip side of the complaints is like you're locked in a gym. Yeah. you got 24-hour access to a court if you want to get shots up. Mm-hmm. No you're travel. Really, you're like only focus is basketball. So if you can like – keep your mind in the right in kind of in the right frame of mind and, and stay fresh and like i remember we we would do uh recovery and stuff we would do ice bath for like 30 minutes because like we got nothing else to do we may as well just sit in the ice bath and it's hot outside and <laughs> like you'd grab a drink from the little bar thing across the road that you could get food and like drinks from would sit there like it was so i think if you you're in the right frame of mind and you're you can't like you can you can play really well because there's nothing else to focus on except basketball so mm. yeah I, I think there'll be some guys that really embrace it and love it and there'll be some guys that struggle a bit more but i think overall there'll be some, some pretty high level games to finish up when in the next uh, couple of weeks as you um when you get the little chances to open your nbl app and it's maybe been three or four days so there's a bunch of games there to for you to choose from to watch the highlights of or, or get stuck in what are you gonna which ones are you gonna be clicking on like which teams what are you kind of keen to keep an eye on over the next little bit um i mean i'll probably click on them for different reasons to other i don't have like it i don't just follow the 36s or just right. follow like i i more follow like my i've got friends in the layer like i'm still friends with guys the guys i played with still play um usually southeast melbourne and adelaide are probably like if i see them pop up just one with kyle because i feel obliged to uh <laughs> make sure he's playing well um which he is which he is he's playing unreal off the off the bench and someone said he got the ultimate green light which is <laughs> is, is a good role for him i think um yeah. and then obviously with, with josh just trying to trying to help him and and trying to um do whatever i can to like i, I could look at a box score and text him and say yo what's uh like why were you over five were they bad shots or were you right. rushing it like whatever it was so he probably looks at his phones like this guy that keeps annoying me of silly questions that I don't want to answer. Um, and you'll be yeah, checking, guy, and then, the, uh, you'll be checking no the Melbourne doubt, results, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll check. look at every box. I check every box. So I, I love seeing I love seeing what Jock does and mm. whether Bubbles hits 10 threes or not in a game. And mm-hmm. I, I think there's just so many, like every team you can go down. It's like you go to Illawarra and it's like 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Harvey might have 17 and then like 12, 12, 12. And then you go to Perth and you know Bryce is going to have 20 plus. And then mm-hmm. you go like, you can go to every um, every team and it's kind of a different, I feel like you can kind of predict a little bit. Like Humphreys mm-hmm. is going to have 22 and 12 and mm. five blocks. Like, mm. um, but then you look at it and then, and he had four and he was two of seven from the field. And you're like, hold on, what, what happened yeah. to that one? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm on the bandwagon though of the Harvey uh, floater from the three-point line. Whoever was talking about that, <laughs> if I he mean, can get that done, his floater game. His, his floater game is insane. It annoys me because I think my floater is pretty nice, right? But I would never in the world have the confidence to shoot it from where he does. And yeah. his is, you know, what, you know, it's tough too. I, I think going to like two-foot floater in the paint is not the hardest shot in the world, but a two foot floater from outside paint is really hard. Right. And like, it, I feel like I, I'm way more, if I was going to shoot a floater from outside the paint, I'd go one leg, one hand, like, right. and, and kind of push it up there. Like, like I would on a layout, but just pushing obviously the floater show instead of a layout where 
coming off like two feet, you've got to be like you've got to get enough power in it to like. And, and he's not shooting it from the edge of the like right on the air. He's shooting it from the one they had the other night in crunch time. It was like a step inside the three, and he just yeah. pushed down and swished. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And the other one that got me was the fadeaway floater. The, the one lineup. that got me in one of the first like game or two was the one in, I think he was in Brisbane, and he went like threw it to the elbow and like got a handoff and was going the complete wrong direction and it was like <laughs> beautifully off the off the top of the backboard and and yeah. But I'm gonna I don't know him at all and I probably probably doesn't really care about listening to my podcast, but I hope he does. Maybe I'm gonna text Gorge. I'm gonna text Gorge and uh-huh. ask him to. Uh, because he's a uh, he's exciting himself. He's one of the he most is. exciting players in the league. I think he yeah. pulled up from three in that the the game went or the game tire the other night. Yeah. Yep, I uh, put him up one. So he's a he's got he's got balls. He he's uh he's exciting to watch. So I think yeah, I, I think that whole that whole cup will be awesome, and, yeah. and the league will continue on after that. Awesome man, great chat. I know you got a you got to run. So thanks for for jumping on, and good luck against the Clips. Tomorrow night, keep, keep it rolling. We will, hopefully. Well, that's the plan. So <laughs> um, let me know when we're up for 3.0. Cheers, man. Appreciate it. All right, Lee.